This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, guys, the basic architecture of the web as we know it is quite simple and you might argue it's actually elegant and beautiful if you actually look at it it's at its core but unfortunately we need as we add more features to both the web as it's a client the browser mainly and the web server which are the feeder if you will of the content uh, complexity arises problems arise as a result one problem that you might familiar with is you visit a web page and you get certain layout and after fraction of a second that layout started to kind of jiggle and shift you know and and the reason if you're a front-end developer you you have the answer you know why right says so hey I loaded the HTML first. I made a request. I got the first thing that the server responded to me with is the HTML, and I rendered whatever I can render. Right? So the text will show up, right? Paragraphs, if there is like dev element, they will show up, but we're still waiting for a lot of other things the browser sometimes start to be smart and not to load things that depends on certain things but sometimes you see it so the dependencies here like css files javascript if you have code that shifts your layout around and as a result once you get the html all these references are then turned around and requested on the same connection that you requested the HTML on, or, right, it depends on the protocol, HTTP 1 or 2, multiple connections can be open and all these requests are sent at the same time. Okay? And HTTP 1, you have a limit of six connections. I think Chrome created this arbitrary limit, and you can only send six requests at a time. And just you have to wait. Each connection has a request. In HTTP 2, we basically have no limit believe there is an artificial 200 limits uh, per connection right for each stream but that's enough that's more than enough right so you can use this and send it in parallel regardless but the question here is yeah you sent you have seven images and you have five css files and three javascript files right and you made all these requests at the same time and even if you try to be smart, they say, okay, I'm going to send the JavaScript first because I need them first. And I'm going to send the CSS in the second because I need those. And the images are not important, so I'm going to add them, request them at the end. The way you request doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the day, these requests technically have no priority or anything like that. They will all, assuming you didn't actually physically delay them, but you just change the order of the request you sent all of these requests will be arrived at the server and the server will respond 
as fast as possible to any of them. So if the images were happened to be cached by a front end content management, content uh, delivery network or a reverse proxy or some sort, th those images will be served first and the CSS will be delayed. Right? It's just whatever is available, just serve it. That's, that's how it works today. And the problem here is because we don't have this guarantee, then we have this, the, 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 dependency tree is broken in our page and the experience of the user is hindered so that's one user case use case right so like where you can actually there's a problem where we want to set some sort of priority right and the request which doesn't exist today you might argue that you can fictitiously create this priority by literally just delaying sending those requests don't send the images the images are not as important as the javascript files or css right just don't send them right uh well technically you don't have that the browser do, does but not you as a front-end developer but if you're building an app you get my point right another control you have is don't build so many files and and a lot of uh, the I, I follow the this channel the chrome developers channel and uh, they have good suggestions right? i don't write front end code but as as often but but it, it's it's very nice the 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 depth of knowledge they go into discussing how the browser works and what what the browser decides to load first you know based on like what 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 synchronous requests are blocking what others are not like the browsers does so much complex things to be, uh, you know to give the user the best user experience effectively and but yes though some some of these requirements some of these um, you know tips they say use inline css instead of a css file why because the inline css will arrive with your html file and because it will arrive with your html file based on the what you see what you get principle the browser has it and it doesn't have to turn around and make a request to fetch that resource right same thing with javascript with javascript is, i think it's a bad idea to use inline javascripts right uh just because i mean uh, the reason i don't like the inline script and i try to disable them with the content security policy is is because i want to get rid of uh, cross-site scripting because that's one of the most nastiest you know security attack right and if and most of these are because of inline scripts right the script tag script and then you close the script tag right so what you do is you host your javascript files um on a specific domain that is trusted and your page instructed not to load any javascript file from anywhere except this domain which is your domain and just because you have that that is an additional 
uh, layer of security so that nobody can just do like in an input text like inject the javascript in your code in your page and then act on your behalf effectively that's just one of the nastiest thing right but I, but i understand sometimes it's not always possible to disable this because you, you need you need certain the, there is always a reason right i i i try not to tell people what's best anymore because you know i i came to the comfort with myself that i don't know everything you know whatever i say could possibly be wrong so telling people that oh you should always do this and not never do this that's bs because like what do you know you are an outsider you're an armchair architect literally just spewing stuff on people you don't know their use case you don't know anything about how many years they've been working on this code you don't know anything so you can't just tell people to oh, drop everything this is the way to go so i believe always believe that there is a special use case for everything right and understanding the risks is what matters i know we're going all over the place there's there's a point of of this back in engineering show actually uh we're gonna get to it there's an rfc i want to discuss we can't always set you know solve the problem of priority responses you know and here's another problem when you even if you somehow hard-coded the responses on your servers like you own the web server you own the back end and you always going to configure your back end to respond with css javascript and then images and then other unimportant files like whatever and 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 guys you can gen generalize this you can go into apis their uh, apis also can request can have priorities like this api is more important than this api so please res if i send you two requests respond with this first before this if if you can right if applicable i think it's just generalized i'm giving the html uh, javascript css because it's a kind of common common example right so you can configure your backend to respond with whatever priority you feel best right will that work sure it will but it's kind of it's kind of nasty to code right i think like it's like what if you want to spin up multiple servers and like, like having special logic what could go wrong right uh, so that's one problem I, i'm not worried much about that but the second problem is what if what about <laughs> uh intermediaries right things that are in the middle what if there's a cdn between you right and the client the client and the backend and if you have a cdn the cdn is a layer 7 tls terminator always you know uh reverse proxy that means it reads all the requests it terminates all the requests reads them decrypt them understand them serve the client's certificate and then turns around and then request make these requests on another connection to the actual backend if it doesn't have the answer cached 
even if you were back and obeyed the that priority that you kind of hard coded in your app, right? The CDN or the reverse proxies will have no clue about them. If you receive all the responses, if you respond to the reverse proxies, the reverse proxy will follow whatever is whatever is applicable for it, right? So if there is like a delay in the first request for first response for some reason, like a segment was lost and it was to retransmitted, but the rest of them of the request responses went normally, then it will say, hey, whatever is available for me, I will respond with this. Maybe right uh, maybe there is some sort of um, memory contention and uh, maybe th there is a certain logic that the responses are being asserted maybe maybe the 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 reverse proxy will decide oh i actually this is the first request so i must serve this request first and this request maybe happened to be the image and no you don't want to serve the image first i want to serve the css right but but you can't control any of that so People from Cloudflare and Fastly uh, came together and built a, a very interesting, uh, yeah, let's, let's just talk through this screen. Yeah. Yeah. So this is it, an RFC. So this was uh, designed actually very fresh. You know, it's June 2022. It's like literally this month has been proposed the standard, I think. Right. And it was basically designed by Lucas Purdue. He's from Cloudflare. And uh, he he's also, I think, in the board of the HTTP3 and Quick and Mask and so many other stuff. Right. And, and Oko, Kazo Oko. He's from Fastly. And yeah, uh, those are two badasses engineers, you know. They're so, you know, uh, I like following them and just learning so much from the depth of the, you know, they are into the trenches building this stuff, you know, the building something like this is, and taking care of the proxies and, you know, the connect method. What if I am a, in a proxy, not the reverse proxy, an actual proxy? What does that mean? Taking care of all of this stuff, right? So this is basically the, the RFC. I'm not going to go through it, obviously, right? But it, it just just, just uh, kind of summarize, read the abstract, and and then talk talk through it with you guys a little bit. So this is a request for comment 9218. Uh, again, uh, Locus Purdue and Oko from Fastly, June 2022, fresh again. Uh, it's named Extensible Priority prioritization scheme for HTTP. I butchered the heck out of that. Extensible prioritization scheme for HTTP. Okay. So this is basically introducing a new header, HTTP header, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I skimmed through the RFC. Okay. I read the main main points and that's what I basically got. And it's, it is a complex one, in my opinion, to implement, right? This document describes a scheme that allows an HTTP client to communicate its preferences for how the upstream server prioritizes responses to its request. So the client here, you know, 
tells the server, hey, I want this request to be served before this, not in the order they are essentially received. Why? Because the order you sent them, the request, are not guaranteed to be received in that order to begin with. There's this thing that is called TCP head of line blocking. There is packets that get lost, you know, and, and I'm talking about all, you know, all the protocols. You might say, I say, oh, HTTP3 fixed the TCP head of line block. Yeah, it did. But that, that doesn't mean it uses UDP. So UDP still can be lost and retransmitted. So one stream, one request, even if you send request one before request two, request two might arrive to the server before request one. What do I mean by arrive? You know, we, we really don't talk in much technical details as we should as software engineer. If I sent a request that is get path, let's say just slash app, and then HTTP slash one, one. The fact that I sent that and I sent a bunch of headers and then body, there's nobody in Git. I keep forgetting that. Just a bunch of stuff. This string of things is then transmitted into from the layer seven, like the application layer into layer four. And based on that, based on the maximum transmission unit of your network, it will be broken down into maximum segment sizes. So into small segments based on that size, that size is around 1400 bytes give or take no and it could be larger in, in cloud providers you know internal networks so this 1400 bytes so your string that request it will be broken into 1400 segments and the last one will be obviously smaller based on whatever remains so these segments are ordered labeled sequenced you know and then sent you know? and 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 they are placed in ip packets you know and these IP packets are sent through the internet, destined to the destination IP address from you as the source IP address as a client. And, and as they travel, the router look at these IP packets and try the best effort to take it to the shortest path, the best path, you know? There is no discrimination for any IP packet. All IP packets are treated. Okay, I'm going to give you the fastest, best fast. And if that's what net neutrality, right, tries to kind of preserve here, right? It's like, hey, keep the net neutral as much as possible. <laughs> so I, I don't want uh, routers start preferring certain IP packets over others, right? But that's a different story. So that all these IP packets, like right, I'm going to give you the shortest path. And if an IP packet number one, which carries your first segment, again, four or five or seven segments are belonging to one request. If one IP packet might take one route, the route that can get congested meanwhile and the second ip packet might take a different route right but they will eventually arrive 
out of order the tcp layer will order it and the segments will be arrived sometimes it will get lost retransmission happens congestion happens flow control i talk about all of this in my network course shameless plug network.hosseinnasser.com get a get yourself a discount coupon and uh, enjoy that course it's pretty good i think um so yeah so if that is what we mean by a request getting delivered all these segments arrive acknowledged you know by the server and then once these segments arrived they are we go from down to up because on the client side from we went from layer seven down to the layer four and the wires and now we go opposite from layer four to layer seven layer seven doesn't know about any segments it just needs the data back so we'll assembled obviously tls and decryption happens at the same time here decrypt the content and deliver the app and only when i get that the event on request on your node.js or on your any application you want will get fired only if those four or five segments are arrived and they are on order so that's what it means to arrive so request that's what it means just just delivering a request is not some hey you just sent a request get it yay there is some stuff that happening behind the scene and we really need to understand what is happening right and talk about it so based on that once you understand how it works of course requests can be delayed like one request can be arrived before the rest of them and it depends if it's in the same tcp connection if it's in the multiple tcp connection right and if it's http2 right should be two servers from tcp head of line blocking to be three right doesn't have that you know because everything is is like ordered at the stream level but i don't want to go into that either but yeah we have this problem so yeah so the client can define the priorities here and also allows a server to hint to a downstream intermediary how its responses should be prioritized when they are forward so it's not just a client request header field it's also a response header field as far as i from this abstract i love reading abstracts because it usually explains everything but sometimes leave me with more questions right like here this document defines the priority header field for communicating the initial priority in an http version independent manner that is interesting this means that regardless of the protocol this priority is supported and man i had a big question about that but then they said as well as http2 and http3 frames for reprioritizing responses so http3 and http2 makes perfect sense because as a client i'm going to use a single tcp connection for http2 and i'm going to use a single quick connection for http3 and i'm going to stream you know all my requests in single multiplex them into a single connection and they are different stream or if each request lives in a different stream so they all they're going to be streamed into this connection so the server has context 
for all these requests belong to the same client because they all kind of what is this you know it's like a, if it's like there is a lot of you know sticks together no in arabic in arabic we call it hufna but i don't know what's in english it's like a group of things you know it's like a stack of sticks you know it's like th they are together you know so so there's context both in http 3 and http 2 now how do you do this with http 1 that doesn't make any sense right you might say i'm saying why because in http 1 we don't support multiple requests you know multiplexing requests into a single connection we stopped doing that right because it's it's nasty that's the best 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 way to put it it's very nasty to do you know so like pipelining and all this stuff, it's just nasty so what people do is we establish multiple tcp connection and and we kind of de-multiplex if you will you know so i have all these requests and i just send them into multiple tcp connection and so you open multiple connections to the same server as the same client there is no linkage between this connection and and http being stateless saves us here right because it doesn't matter it's like hey yeah there is no context who cares just, just send me that stuff send me information with every request so i can link those right and that's what they actually rely on when i scrolled all the way let, let's let's go there is exactly a paragraph addressing my concerns see this is what i'm i'm talking about and i'm pretty sure there are other stuff you know that i i never thought of and they did you know but this is it let's read through this and, and then end the podcast how about that um http 1x backends it is common for content delivery network infrastructure to support different HTTP versions on the front end and the back end, right? Um, it makes sense, right? Because uh, CDNs like Cloudflare or Fastly, they want the front end to be as fast as possible, you know. Let's support HTTP 3 or HTTP 2. But the back end, they cannot control because the back end is you as a back end engineer, Right? you might support HTTP one or two or just one right it's whatever version you support right they can't force you to upgrade so they have to right support multiple versions so they are a server the cdn that is they are a server for http 3 and http 2 on the front end and they can be a client of http 1 to your backend, that is HTTP 1 on the backend. So what do they do in this case? Let's read. For instance, the client facing edge, edge, right? Here, the edge means the, the CDN edge, right, side, might support HTTP 2 and HTTP 3 while communication to backend server is done using HTTP 1. So that's just an example. It doesn't have to be HTTP 1, no? But it, it could be, right? So unlike connection coalescing, I don't know what that means, to be honest. Right? Need to read more about it. Right? The CDN will demux, will demultiplex effectively, request into discrete connections. 
like this is what we when i talked about a uh, multi multi-path tcp right the idea of demultiplexing is being very popular right now so you demultiplex stuff so you have one pipe and it becomes multiple pipes you know so this is what the same thing you have one http3 connection or one http2 connection right with multiple requests but then demuxes right Am I doing this right? Demuxes into multiple TCP connection because the problem we mentioned with HTTP one, right? Has to be multiple connections. Response multiplexing in single connection is not supported by HTTP one or older. We talked about that, right? Response multiplexing. I c doesn't that also apply to request multiplexing? I I would yes. It's not just response. You can't even request multiplexing is not supported because of the pipelining problem right which we i think no longer support right yeah i would i would i would i would guess this is both response and request i would make that suggestion or correction or correct me if i'm wrong i don't know so there is no a fairness problem right however backend servers may still use client headers for request schedule so how so if you ha if i have multiple http connections how do i link them to each other so that be they belong to the same client right so here's here it comes backend servers should only schedule based on client priority information where that information is can be scoped to an individual end client right so you should really schedule because you're gonna have priorities from different clients what what is a client here it's so you all these requests are coming from different clients as as you can you can think of it as the ip address this the originating rp address although that's not necessarily a good idea because the cdn might use a different ip address right so to represent multiple clients so that's not a good idea but uh that's that's what it is authentication and other session information might provide this linkability so this is this is where they kind of hit it on the head here so if you want to make sense of these multiple connections and and kind of prioritize multiple requests across multiple http 1 1 then use something on the back end you are responsible to link them how i thought i'm not as a backend engineer uh, my guess here this will be implemented as the http server responsibility i shouldn't be doing anything now how would the backend engineer or the the library or the web server you know daemon if you will would know how what is a session or was it an authorization or, or the cookie how does it can't trust anything uh, this seems to me like over engineering in my opinion right this section i know i i'm i'm not not suggesting anything but we're just talking here right it's just obviously <laughs> i could be wrong with anything i say but i think this is a little bit yikesy it's just very hard to implement you know it's just like how 
to me, yeah, it could be implemented, but it seems like very complicated and, and, and uh, over-engineering. If, uh, if it was me, I was just like, hey, no support for priorities for HTTP 1.1. If you want priorities, use HTTP 2 or 3, and you have to use it all the way. But I understand, obviously, they talked about all of this. This may have been there for years, right? So not criticizing or anything like that. So they, meaning Locus here specifically and Cloudflare and Fastly, they talked this through in details. They're way smarter than me, obviously. And they thought about all these ideas and they said, okay, maybe we can't just support half a protocol. You know, it's just, if there's a priority, how do you control all the intermediary? It's just, it's just very interesting. And, and, and what I would end it here, guys. So I would end it, guys. I would end this show by saying that I absolutely enjoy reading these RFCs because, uh, first of all, it addresses problems that I didn't know even existed, <laughs> you know, like this. I never had this problem. You know, it's like having to prioritize you know requests right although it's a good idea if you think about it right because if i would prioritize something i would just delay it which is not great for performance right, right. Uh, you would synchronously delay something you would send a request and then uh, make it dependent on each other if you want two requests to be independent of each other you know you would send the first request and you wait don't send the second one once you get a response send the second one but that is so slow. Now come think about it, right? This RFC opened my eye. And how did I know about it? LinkedIn randomly. Um, I believe if I'm mistaken, uh, Daniel Stamberg, the creator of Curl, liked the RFC from Lucas. And I followed Lucas and then uh, in LinkedIn. And I saw this. I was like, oh, this is really interesting stuff. Yeah, it's just a lot of you ask me, guys, like, how do you keep, you know, increasing your knowledge? How to learn? What books to read? To be honest with you, I don't read books anymore. It's like, it's like, yeah. If I want to learn like Linux, I would, I, I, I buy the Linux book Bible, for example, and I go through it, you know from time to time, it's like to know how to partition a drive, what is what is a swap, you know, things like that. But for things like that, if you, if you want to increase your knowledge, I love reading RFCs, man. I just, just absolutely love because books go out of date. It's like, what, what you didn't learn books? Like, this is cutting edge stuff that what we're discussing right here. That this, these are problems that maybe have been discussed before, I never heard about them before, but this is to me, this is fresh. This is new. This is now, right? And and uh, I, I just love reading the RFCs. And uh, to be honest, it, it was, reading the RFCs was not easy. You know, in the beginning, when I started doing this like six, seven years ago, actually making content and trying to be better you know as be better software engineer reading the RFCs was so difficult because i didn't understand anything you know and a lot of you might have the same problems like reading RFCs is so complex because there is an internal assumption that you know stuff and if you don't like they say scheduling the connect method if you don't know what a connect method is right you'll be get lost but that's what it, where you know collateral knowledge comes into the 
equation. I spent a lot of years, you know, just uh, uh, stumbling up, reading something and then uh, hitting a wall. So, oh, what is this? And then go into a, like a depth first algorithm. Because uh, go learn and then go back to the thing I wanted to learn and then hit another thing and go learn that and then come back. So it's just like, and now I have a little bit of a knowledge, you know, but I think it's still a little bit of shallow. I try to dig as deep as possible. But that, yeah, uh, I, I really suggest uh, RFCs is great knowledge, you know, going back and just read the original HTTP RFC the 1996 one just so beautiful you know how people how 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 what are the original problems they try to solve and how ch everything changes now yeah guys uh, i'm gonna leave it at that uh, it was a, look, a little bit of a long show but it's a podcast so yeah talk to you later